Uh, how many of you would really feel it appropriate, listen, maybe to rededicate your life to the Lord this morning? Say, I, I'm going to serve the Lord. I, I, I think that's not a bad idea to just rededicate your life. to. I do that uh, periodically. I just say, Lord, I just want to rededicate my life. Not that I've, you know, anything particular has happened. Just a fresh and anew, reminded I'm his. He's mine. And uh, so, Lord, here am I. So I'm going to ask you today, why not rededicate your life to the Lord? Or at least dedicate your life to the Lord. Can I have to be honest with you? My number one challenge, and probably your number one challenge as a Christian, you know what it is? Here it is. To stay in fellowship in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's my number one challenge. Now that I've become a Christian, that's my number one challenge, and it's probably your number one challenge to be in a right relationship with the Lord. I'm going to agree with that. That's my number one challenge, and it's all of our challenges. And so, you know, here's my dilemma each day. Here's your dilemma. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says grieve not the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4.30. The word is lopio. It means to hurt or to fend. I, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, whereby we're sealed under the day of redemption. Y'all look up here now. Nor do I want to quench the Holy Spirit. And do you know what quench the Holy Spirit means? It means to pour water on the fire. But that's my challenge every day, not to grieve the Holy Spirit or quench the Holy Spirit, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what we're faced with today? Either we're going to live in anxiety or we're going to live in contentment. Either we're going to live with peace in our heart let the peace of God rule in our heart. Are we going to be troubled? Am I speaking to anybody today that's been troubled? Yeah, see, even if we're going to live in fear or we're going to live in faith. I want to share a message the Lord's placed on my heart today that I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Keep the fires of faith burning. Keep the fires of faith burning. And here's where we're going in the message today. There are three fire killers or three fire extinguishers that I think are very, very prone to put the fires of faith out in our life. And then we're going to look at three fire builders. You got your Bibles. I hope you do. Hold them up if you got them. Take them, please. Turn to that great doctrinal letter called the book of Romans. Find chapter 12. Find chapter 12 in the book of Romans as we consider the thought Keeping the fires of faith burning. I'll be honest with you. I've been praying this week and I said, Lord, what would you have me to share? And uh, this is uh, the message God has placed on my heart. And honestly, I've spent some time reflecting and meditating all of these last number of years, almost 40, the Lord has saved me by his marvelous grace and more so serving him what, what are some fire killers? What, what are some things that zap us of our love and passion and devotion, number one, to Jesus, but then being available for him to use us or to serve him in a great way? 
And so I hope you'll take notes as we look at the book of Romans. And uh, by the way of introduction, we'll turn to chapter 12. In this 12th chapter of the book of Romans, today we're going to do it a little different. We're going to just take one verse and use it as a launching pad, if you will, on the subject of how to keep the fires of faith burning. And then, the Lord willing, we're going to venture into uh, other passages of Scripture as we look at these three fire killers or three fire extinguishers that will put out the fires of faith. And then, finally, we'll look at the three fire builders or, if you prefer, fire fanners that will fan the flames of faith. Now, listen, when all said and done, I hope that you, like me, are going to anew and afresh this day purpose in our heart to finish faithful to love the Lord and to fulfill God's calling in your life I talked with a man this week here's what he told me he said pastor I used to serve in youth ministry I used to serve in children's ministry he said I was very involved in the church he said to be honest with you I'm not even going to church anymore I could count that story over and beyond, not only with this man, but with a number of people that you know, and maybe even this community, who at one time had had the privilege of serving the Lord Jesus, but for some reason or another have, I don't know if you'd say left their first love, or at least got out of serving the Lord. And it doesn't take much, and the devil Sure does work on us. So we're looking at Romans chapter 12. So if you'd like to stand as we read this together, we're going to look at one verse. It's found in verse 11. And this great chapter uh, where Paul begins with this matter of transformation and revelation and dedication. He moves from there to describe our spiritual gifts. How many know you got a spiritual gift? It may be teaching. It might be administrating. Like we just saw up here on the stage, Katie's a gifted in administration, and Josh with teaching, and Garrett uh, with uh, that passion for ministry. There's ministry gifts, there's mercy gifts, and they're all listed here in Romans chapter 12. There's other gifts listed as well, perception, for example. And so Paul moves along that and said, we're one body in Christ. And then he talks about not only these motivational gifts but we come to verse 11 are you ready to read verse 11 if you are say amen. amen this is a great verse right here and look what he says he says in regards to serving and uh, let me just back up uh, let me back up to verse 4 back up to verse 4 I was, uh, let me just take time please to read a few verses in context and we'll get down to verse 11 for as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, Serving, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, didache, on teaching. Or he that exhorteth, pericaleo, on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love, agape love, be without 
dissimulation or flattery, hypocrisy. Abhor, hate, that which is evil. Cleave, glue, or stick to that which is good. Look at verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honoring, preferring one another. Here's our text for today, verse 11. Not slothful in business. The word slothful is akneros. Akneros means not lagging. Don't be lazy. Not lazy or lagging, slack, we'd say, in business. And I'm looking at a lot of businessmen. I pray for you every day and praying blessings on you as God elevates your, your influence in your job that you'll point people to Jesus and God will sustain you and give you favor. Now look again, verse 11. Not slothful in business. Look at that next phrase. Fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. Let's say that together. Fervent in spirit. Say it again. Fervent in spirit. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. What does that mean? Don't you know what it means? What is God, the Holy Spirit, telling us today? That word fervent, I believe, is the only usage in the whole Bible right here. That word. It's the word zeo. And the word means be hot or boiling. Be hot or boiling. Here's what he's saying. Be boiling up in spirit. And then look at the last phrase. Serving the Lord. Uh, don't be cold. <laughs> you know, <laughs> lukewarm, <laughs> Jesus said. Be boiling over. Serving the Lord. Now, truth be known, come on. Truth be known, truth be known. Uh, there's sometimes we're boiling and sometimes we're not. And God wants us today to light the fires of faith in our heart at a time like this, I believe like never before. So Father, we're yours and your ours. You bought us with your own blood. We're not our own, so we take our hands off our life and say, here we are, Lord. Use us as you see fit. Cleanse this vessel and fill us afresh today. Thank you for the work you've called us to do. It's your work. You're working in us. It's not us working outside of you. Rather, Lord, teach us how to yield to your resurrection power that you would fulfill the calling in our life and that we'd honor and glorify you and that people would come experience what a mighty God you are and that uh, when all said and done, we'll bow before you one glorious day and join in that chorus, singing, Worthy is the Lamb, because you have been good. And we ask now for, oh Lord, our hearts to be opened, our ears to be open, our lives to be submissive to the still, small voice of your Holy Spirit. And we bless you now and praise you in Jesus' name. What you're going to do, saving the lost, reviving the saved, until you come again, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going in the message today. Again, there are two areas I think the Lord wants us to keep. The fires of faith burning. Keep the fires of faith burning. Tell me, are the fires burning in your heart? Are you still in love with Jesus? Are you still in love with Jesus? Are you still in love with Jesus? I'm really asking you, I really want to know, are you still in love with Jesus? Do you really still love the Lord? 
Yes, yes. It's easy to lose our first love or leave our first love. It's easy, watch this, to get wrapped up in the work of the Lord instead of the Lord of the work. We're just used to doing certain things because it's time to go to Sunday school, it's time to go to church, it's time to preach, it's time to teach, it's time to play the piano, it's time to usher, it's time to do all this stuff. And, it, and the, hey, look, my challenge, your challenge is this, that we stay attached to the vine. Everything we do, it should be a result of Christ in us, the hope of glory, not us apart from him. Rather, he's the vine and we're the branch. How many know that today, if you and I don't stay attached to the vine, we will do our task and our calling in the energy of the flesh and it really will amount to wood, hay, and stubble at the judgment seat of Christ. So that should call every one of us right now. It should call every one of us right now. It should call every one of us right now to say, Oh, God, search my motives. Search my motives. And maybe right here today, we need to kind of reflect and evaluate why we're doing what we're doing. And say, Lord Jesus, I want what I do because of your great love for me and uh, you are the most important thing in my life. So, let's talk about it. Fire extinguishers. What puts out the fires of faith in our heart to serve the Lord? And I wish I didn't have to say this. I really wish I didn't have to say this. And I really hope this is not going to happen. But I've been at this long enough to know that I'm looking at a crowd today that one of you, by the time the year ends, are going to fall out with God. Don't go to church anymore. Get your feelings hurt. Something happened. And it could be you or it could be me. Don't think it couldn't be. All right? I've seen it happen so many times through the years, and you know what I'm talking about. So, so that's really a, a motive for us to say, Oh, God. You say, But I've been in the church this long. It doesn't matter. Your flesh is still real. Hello? I've been preaching this long. It doesn't matter. The flesh is the flesh. How many know in my flesh dwells no good thing? How many know that the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak? How many know, y'all just look at me, how many know you can get your feelings hurt real quick? Talk to me now, please, please. Every single one of us can get your feelings hurt. And, and this is one of the uh, fire killers, I think. So let's look at this. Number one, there's three fire killers, and then there are three fire builders. Three fire killers and three fire builders. Here's what the Lord, as I was praying, Lord, what are some fire killers? What have I noticed in my own life and in other people's lives in the church that have put out the fires of faith from serving you? What are some main fire killers? And as I was thinking and reflecting on this, the Lord spoke to my heart about several that I think uh, that are fire killers. And the first one, we're going to see is uh, found, if you're taking notes, uh, uh, this scripture, let me read the scripture, then we'll talk about these fire killers. Not slothful, uh, slack in business, but fervent, boiling over in spirit, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. You know, I tell you, can I just put it this way, see if y'all agree. Jesus Christ deserves the very best we have. He does. I mean, he really does. And at times I have to just to say, God, I, I, I'm just, uh, Lord, help me to, to, to recognize who you are and what you've done in my life and how you're blessing my life. And I'm not doing what I do because I have to do it. 
By the way, see if you agree with me. I don't have to come to church. I want to come to church. I don't have to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. And if you don't want to serve the Lord, maybe there's something there that, that's just, even before I was a pastor, preacher, I wanted to come to church. I wanted to be in church. I want to be under the Word of God. I want to be around the people of God. I want to be around the praises of God. I just, I just enjoy it. I just love the presence of God. I know that I need it. I know how outside of Him, I know where I'll drift. So, so let's talk about these three fire killers. Are you ready for them? Write them down because I think these are some good detours or these are three areas that probably you will be approached and attacked and perhaps may fall in one of these three areas but let me just first talk about the word fervor zeal and to boil to be hot here's the uh, word meaning we call that etymology of the word I think it's very important uh, over there we talked about this teaching to break down the meaning of these words so here's the three areas number one number two number three what do you think would be number one what would be a, a just a, you could probably think of some and I can as well three fire killers or fire extinguishers that'll put out the fires of faith to keep us from serving the Lord and loving the Lord Number one, what do you think it is? Anybody guess? What about this? Distraction from the main attraction. Did anybody guess that? Distraction from the main attraction. How many know what I'm talking about? Probably I'm not picking on you because if I was sitting out there, I would be in your same shoes, all right? But one of the biggest challenges I have from week to week is staying focused on the will of God and the Word of God and the way of God. There's a lot of things pulling on us. Come on, y'all be honest with me today. Y'all be honest with me. Distraction. Some of you are distracted today. You didn't, and, and I'm, I love you. I'm not being, picking on you, but I'm just saying this, you need to know that you're being distracted, okay? And when you came to church today, maybe you're not in the right focus. Maybe you just said, well, I come to church and, you know, I got all this stuff on my mind, a lot of stuff going on, and I want to be here because I don't want to be out you know, I don't want to be, you know, outside. And I'm glad you're here. Don't, don't misunderstand. Distraction from the main attraction. What do we mean? And see, look, I can go through the motions, and you can go through the motions, and yet you still be distracted. You can tell when somebody's focused and when somebody's not focused, right? I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, hey, look, uh, and this is my big battle every week, to try to stay focused and not get distracted. You can tell... The, the, and, and granted, it's a, it's a major, this is a major challenge for every one of us because to stay focused is real intense. To stay walking with the Lord every day, every week is real, it is really a challenge for all of us. Yo, I, want, I need some honest people today. I need somebody to help me today. You know that it's a real challenge. You got stuff going on in your family. You got stuff going on in your life. You got things, the, the discouragements, frustrations, irritations, challenges, financial pressures, all kinds of things that keep us distraction from the main attraction. That's a ploy of the enemy. Now, what are we talking about distraction from the main attraction? How many of y'all remember the account where the disciples were out in a boat? You remember that? They're out in a boat. It's recorded in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And you know what happens? They're in a storm. 
And guess what? The writer, Matthew, writing to the Jews after being a tax collector, he wrote and he said this description. Somebody comes walking on the water. Who is that walking on the water? None other than the Lord Jesus. Now, here's the disciples in a boat. The wind's blowing. The waves are dashing against the boat. Get the picture. It's a storm. Peter's in the boat. Jesus bids him to come. Come on, Peter. Step out of the boat. Now, you've got to give Peter credit. At least he got out of the boat. Uh, Peter gets bashed a lot, and I bashed him too, I'm sorry to say. But Peter, at least he got out of the boat. And by the way, I don't have a problem with Peter walking on the water. If God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, surely he can make a man walk on the water. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I mean, uh, that's not a problem. If your God's in a box, you need to let him out. <laughs> he, can, he can do anything but fail. Now, look. So Peter's out on the water. You know the count. What's going on? Peter's doing fine. Go, Peter. Go, Peter. You're doing great. He's walking on the water to Jesus. The storm is all around him. But all of a sudden, he looks at the wind and he looks at the waves. And what happens? He begins to sink. Why? Jesus said to him, look it up. He said, Peter... And I'm paraphrasing, Peter, you are doing great. But Peter, oh, you have little faith. And here's what he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You know what the word doubt is? It's the word distazo. Here's what it means. Peter's walking on the water, and the word distazo, watch this now. Peter's got his eyes on Jesus. But all of a sudden, the word distazzle doubt means he took his eyes off the Lord. He's looking at the water. He's looking at the wind. He was distracted. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was good to go. You know, the writer of Hebrews mentioned that. He said, Wherefore, seeing we also accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. Distractions. Tell me, have you been distracted lately? Tell me, I just let me get more personal with you, can I? Did you spend any personal devotion today? Do you have your daily quiet time? You say, I'm busy. You're distracted. <laughs> We're distracted. How many today need to, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not faulting you. I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor. I love you. But I know God, what God blesses. How many today have gotten so busy and so distracted that, that we just get up and boom, off we go. Today, the Lord is saying to us, hey, let's redig these wells. Now, I know what you're saying and thinking, and, and I'm not uh, saying you can't do this. You say, I get in the car and on my way here and there, I do the same thing, but I'll be honest with you. It's not to me. This is my personal opinion. When I'm in the vehicle, I love to spend time with the Lord, but to me, it's not the same. See, if you agree, 
it's not the same quality of time when I'm not having to pay attention to the road and other drivers, all right? Especially in Atlanta. Yeah. So, so my question, look, you say, but I, I'm busy. I understand. Many of you are doing great. You're doing, I love you. I appreciate your hard work. I really do. But, but I know what God blesses and honors. And just, just five minutes, ten minutes, uh, put, put your clock a little bit sooner. Just spend some time. You'll be happy you did it. I said, you'll be happy you did it. I said, the Lord will smile on you. I'm not saying everything will go your way that day, but I'm telling you this. You'll be connected with the Lord Jesus that whole day, and it will bless you, and it will be well worth the time you spend with him. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Are you going to do that? Take that challenge, would you? And at the end of the invitation, I want you to, to, to not just uh, close your eyes and pretend like you didn't. You know, that's one invitation right there. Distraction from the main attraction. Now, uh, so where, where are you at in that area? Are you distracted? Man, how many know that this day and time, y'all men, see if you agree with me, and, and ladies too, there is so much to get done nowadays. There's a lot to get done at your house, right? How many of y'all know keeping up with bills and paying this and that, and you've got to stay on, stuff, on top of stuff all the time. Am I preaching to the choir? Come on, y'all talk to me. You know what I'm talking about. So, so it, it's really challenging for me, and I know it's challenging for you, to stay focused. Stay focused. I'll be honest with you. If today you, you just kind of evaluate your life and say, Lord, I had not been really focused. Now, look, your children are in school and stuff, and they got activities going on, and you're running here and there, and you got things going on. But, but see, uh, the first fire killer is distraction from the main attraction. There's a second fire killer. What is it? Altercation from the confrontation. Altercation from the confrontation. I just want to camp out right there for a moment. Altercation from the confrontation. Now, now Paul writes to the church of Corinth in the first chapter. Do you know what the theme, one of the underlying theme is to the church of Corinth? Paul is saying, let there be no divisions in the church. No divisions in the church. No divisions in the church. What was going on? Some were saying, I was baptized of Apollos. Some saying, I was baptized of uh, uh, Cephas or Peter. And Paul's saying, hey, look, stop whining about this. What, stop, the altercation from confrontation. Now, now, the church of Corinth had a lot of issues like uh, spiritual authority and marital infidelity and, and uh, spiritual gifts, uh, immaturity. There were a number of issues that the Paul, the, the Holy Spirit, led him to write. But here was one area, is altercation from confrontation. How many are taking notes? Let me see your hand. Please write down these three words. These words are very important for every single Christian. Number one is precepts. Number two is principles. And number three is preferences. First, precepts. Secondly, principles. Thirdly, preferences. Let me please go back and share with you what I mean by that. There are some, and I'm talking about in the church, here's the deal. It doesn't take very long for you to, once you become a Christian, once you begin to serve the Lord in church, 
that before long you'll cross your wires with a brother or sister. How many know what I'm talking about? You won't see the same way they see things. You're, we're, we're wired differently. We have different gifts. And, and next thing you know, we'll begin to fall out with a brother or sister in the church. This is what I'm talking about, a fire killer. This is what I'm talking about, a fire extinguisher. It will put out the fires of faith faster than anything I know. It's falling out with a brother or sister. That's what happened. And not only here, but in other references in the church uh, that we're referred to. There's no perfect church, by the way, but let me just back up to say this. Precepts, what do I mean? There are certain, and, and, and before I share that with you, write these two words down. Non-negotiables and negotiables. Non-negotiables and negotiables. Non-negotiables and negotiables. What do I mean by non-negotiables? There are certain non-negotiables that in the church we ought to never, ever, ever negotiate. And here is one of them. Precepts and principles of the Word of God. Come on, church, talk to me. The doctrinal truth of the Word of God is not to be monkeyed with, is not to be altered. Precepts and principles of the Word of God are the rock-solid foundation of every blood-bought, blood-washed church. And when we or any other church compromises with the principles and precepts of this right here, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. What do I mean? The five, what about the fundamentals of the faith? The blood atonement of Jesus Christ. That's not up for debate. That's a non-negotiable. If you agree with me, raise your hand. The blood atonement is not up for debate. Number two, what about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? It's not up for debate. It's not negotiable. He arose from the grave. He was buried, but on the third day he arose. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of what all we believe is a non-negotiable. Number three, the second coming of Christ. He's coming again. It's not of uh, if he's coming. The question is when he's coming. It's a non-negotiable. Number four, the infallibility of the word of God. It is inspired of God. It is inerrant in its original writings and its application to every day as we flesh out the spirit-filled life. It is not up for debate the infallibility and the inspiration of the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Paul wrote that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All, every single part of the whole. All Scripture, all graphe is theonumatos, God-breathed. Therefore, it's a non-negotiable. Let me back up. The blood atonement, non-negotiable. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, non-negotiable. The second coming of Christ, non-negotiable. The inspiration of the Word of God, non-negotiable. The virgin birth, the virgin birth, non-negotiable. There are some non-negotiables that we dare not compromise when it comes to the teaching the doctrine of the church. Now, but having said that, and I would even add some secondary non-negotiables, for example, I would say the interpretation, literal, historical, grammatical interpretation of the Bible, in my opinion, is a non-negotiable. Number two, the essence that uh, the church does not replace Israel. God has a plan for the church. God has a plan for Israel. It's a non-negotiable in my 
personal opinion and according to the teaching of Scripture. God's going to fulfill His covenant with Israel, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the land covenant, and the new covenant, and it will be fulfilled in the kingdom to which is to come, namely the millennial reign of our Lord Jesus. It's a non-negotiable. The rapture of the church, and I personally lean toward the pre-tribulation view because we're studying it on Sunday night based on the teaching of the Word of God. In my opinion, if you differ, that's fine, but it's, it's, it's in my opinion, it's a non-negotiable. Now, and there are other teachings of the Scripture. Those first five, please note them. However, however, hear me. I ask you to write those words down. Precepts, principles. What was the third one? What was the third one? Thank you. Preferences. What do I mean by that? Y'all listen to me. Look up here just a moment. Here's where the fallout comes. I don't like the color of the carpet. I think it ought to be red. I think y'all ought to be blue. Here's the problem in many churches is preferences. It's not precepts. It's not principles. It's preferences. Well, I think, you know, I think the walls really need to be all white. I don't think, and you fall out over some preference instead of a principle or precept. Please, did y'all get that down? How many got that down? Raise your hand. That is so very important. I have not shared that in years and years and years, but as I thought about that, try to figure out now the next time, and it's all right to agree to disagree with your brother, but you don't have to be disagreeable, right? In fact, we ought to love each other and forgive each other and serve the Lord. In fact, I read over there, over in the book of Philemon, when Philemon had been done wrong by the man named Onesimus, and yet Philemon, somebody had been done wrong, somebody did the wrong, somebody had to make it right. Philemon made it, uh, he was willing to forgive Onesimus. It'd be like stealing your truck, Ronnie. It'd be like stealing your four-wheeler, Justin. It'd be like stealing your jewelry, uh, Amber. I mean, it'd be like stealing, you know, your checkbook, Eddie. I mean, Onesimus stole from his boss man, if you will. And yet, Philemon was willing to forgive. How many know we need to learn to forgive each other in the church? Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're here to serve the Lord. We're, we're one body in Christ. And we see things differently. We're wired differently. We need to celebrate the differences and not nitpick and fault find. What, what are those non-negotiables? What are the non-negotiables? The two of them. I gave, gave them to you a minute ago. What are they? Say them out loud. Precepts. And what's the other one? Principles. You get them? What, what's, the, what's the negotiable part? Preferences. Please differentiate between those when you may say, well, you know, I think we'll do this and that. Please differentiate. I think it'll help you. I really do. And so I talked with a person this week, and they told me they had not talked with a family member in, in uh, two years. And, and God just has reconciled the differences. If you got all against your brother and you come to the altar, Jesus said, leave your gift at the altar. Go be reconciled to your brother. And so, uh, when we're serving the Lord under an umbrella like this in New Rocky Creek, you and I are going to be differing in our opinions about stuff. Do you agree with me? The way you handle things, your personal core values, but that doesn't mean we can't serve the Lord together. And I see God doing a great work. But this is so vital, beloved, the distraction from the main attraction, the altercation from the confrontation, and then thirdly, the temptation. The temptation. And what do I mean by that? There's no temptation taking you, but such as common a man. 
God is faithful to not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation, what? Make a way to escape. You might be able to bear it. We're talking about fire killers. We're talking about extinguishers that'll put out the fire real quick. The fire burning. Serve the Lord. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent, boiling over, red hot. Temptation will put the fire out real quick. Learn this. I'm going to give you three more words. You ready for them? Here they are. Promise, problem, provision. You got them? Problem, first, I'm sorry, promise. Promise. Secondly, problem. Thirdly, provision. What do I mean? Let me quickly uh, explain. First, the promise. God gives us a promise. We're talking about temptation. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. God cannot be tempted of evil, neither does he tempt any man, but every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Lust, when it conceived, it bringing forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, bringing forth death. The devil's LSD. Temptation, when we yield to the temptation, it puts the fire out. Anybody yielded to temptation lately? The temptation is not a sin. The temptation is not a sin. When we yield to the temptation, it becomes sin. And here's what I'm trying to say. So, so God allows us to be tempted. Can I give you an example? Abraham, the Old Testament. Abraham, you're going to have a baby. He's 75 years old. There's the promise. But guess what? Abraham don't have a baby. He's 99 years old. There's a problem. God gave a promise, but there's a problem. Has God given you promises that haven't been fulfilled? I thought God was going to answer my prayer. I thought God was going to change the heart of my loved one. I thought the Lord was supplying my needs. I thought God, there's a promise, but on God's timing. Then there's the problem. The problems begin to develop. Abraham says, well, we'll just go ahead and have a baby anyway. So Hagar, we have Ishmael, who is the, um, identified with the Muslims or Islam, who relocated to Saudi Arabia. You can read about his 12 sons in the book of Genesis chapter 25. The problem, first, the promise, you're going to have a baby. The problem, but then comes the provision. Abraham eventually had Isaac, the promised child. This principle is seen throughout Scripture, not only with Abraham, but the children of Israel. You're going to make it to the promised land, the promise. God said to uh, Moses, and, and Moses was not allowed him to go into the promised land, there's the promise. Uh, the problems, they saw giants in the land, they wandered the wilderness 40 years, but the provision, finally they entered in under Joshua. This is an irrevocable principle throughout the Word of God. Do you have a promise? Has God given you a promise? The problems, and then comes the provision. There's the temptation element in this matter. Hey, look, it's easy to get irritated and frustrated, isn't it? Can't tell you what happened to me. Uh, I was uh, having to go to the tag office up in Newton County. Now, I don't know if the tag office down here in Jasper County is like the one up in Newton County, but I'll be honest with you, up in Newton County, there's a lot more people. In fact, when you go to the tag office there, you have to might as well stand to wait for about 15, 20 minutes before your number gets called. I don't know if y'all have to do that down here in Jasper County, do you? Well, if you don't, you need to jump up and shout. Anyway, I was there. I had to get some stuff done about a title and all that. And anyway, got up to the counter. They said, sir, you need some more paperwork from your insurance company. I'd already waited about 20 minutes. Anyway, I went over to the insurance company. And uh, I, don't, I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I went back to the 
to the tag and the title and the property and all that stuff. And, and they came, I go up to the window after waiting another 20 minutes the week later. They said, sir, you, you, got, uh, you still got some paperwork missing. You need to go back to your insurance company. So I went back to the insurance company, spent about uh, 30 minutes there and finally got some paperwork and ended up going back to the tag office the third time and been waiting 20 minutes. They come over the intercom and say, our computers are down. We won't be available until tomorrow. I said, praise the Lord. You really believe I said that, don't you? <laughs> anyway, and then I said, well, bless God. And I went back the next week and got up to the counter and they said, sir, there's still one paper missing. I said, it can't be. One paper missing. You still got to go back to the insurance company. I've been to the insurance company three times. I've been to the tag up four times. And bless God, I'm standing up there. And finally, after, now, now this may not mean a whole lot to you, but you're facing the same thing. You know what the Lord said to me? Spoke to me and said, son, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. <laughs> i tell you what, this will get that fire put out real quick when you get frustrated. Just think about standing in Walmart line and all the irritations we have and frustrations. It doesn't take much to grieve the Holy Spirit, does it? Somebody cuts you out in traffic. You, you don't do that, do you? Nah, I know you don't. But we're talking about the fires of faith burning. Well, let me quickly say, uh, do you know there's some fire builders? And I'm going to quickly uh, wrap this thing up in a couple of minutes. There's some fire builders. I think this is an important message. How many of y'all believe that? This is extremely important for the New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. Not because I'm preaching it, but because it is absolutely vital what we do in 2021 here at New Rocky Creek. The things I'm talking about today are the quickest fire killers of any church and any relationship in the church. And therefore, I want you to know, beloved, I pray that God will really help us as we listen to and then follow through what the Lord is saying to us as a church. Now, the greatest joy in this life, I believe, is serving the Lord. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. Now, what are some fire builders? I'm going to throw them out. I'm not going to elaborate on them. My time's gone. Number one would be affirmation. Affirmation, who we are in Christ. That's a fire builder. And we understand that it's in Him we live and move and have our being. Affirmation. Number two, identification. Identification. He's the one that's called us. He's the one that equips us. He's the one that we're going to stand before. Affirmation. Identification. What's the third one? Transformation. Transformation. Can I tell you about serving the Lord? How many of you have ever heard of a man named David Livingston? Raise your hand if you've heard of David Livingston. I was doing a little research this week, and I ran across this wonderful account of this great man of God. David Livingston lived in the 1800s. He was uh, brought up in a family, and David Livingston uh, went to medical school. He was literally a doctor slash scientist. But David Livingston was listening to a preacher by the name of Robert Moffat. Robert Moffat was a missionary in Africa. And David Livingston was from Scotland. David Livingston's parents had great aspirations for him later in life. But do you know what David Livingston did? He heard the call of God to go to Africa. He journeyed and pioneered some uncharted territory in Africa. David Livingston is one of the renowned missionaries, if you read about missionaries uh, throughout our world. But do you know what happened to David Livingston? At 27, Garrett, 27 years old, he heard the call to go to Africa, willing to sell out and serve the Lord. We're talking about the fires of faith, keeping them burning. 
You know what happened to David Livingston? Uh, the tribes, uh, the lions would kill their cattle. And so they circled around the, uh, these fields. The tribesmen would circle around the fields. And uh, David Livingston, uh, they would flush out the lions. And one occasion, uh, shortly after he'd been in Africa, a lion attacked David Livingston. Can you imagine a lion attacking you? It shredded his arms to pieces. He's on the mission field in Africa, but it didn't keep him from going forward. I love what David Livingston said. Remember this. He said, I'll go anywhere provided it's forward. I'll go anywhere provided it's forward. Oh, yes. He's, he's known throughout America, and yet uh, he also was infected with these malaria diseases, and there was no medication in the 1800s. In fact, he developed uh, some of the vaccine that's still used today. David Livingston did. But here's the point. He served, he was married to Robert Moffat's wife, uh, daughter, rather. She died while David Livingston was in Africa. And I'm, I'm cutting through uh, some of the account uh, due to time. But let me tell you about this David Livingston and, and how he finished faithful. He said this, all that I am, I owe to Jesus Christ, revealed to me in his divine book, David Livingston. Do you know how David Livingston died? Anybody know how David Livingston died? You talk about a life well lived. The natives came in. He's kneeling down by his bedside. The Lord took him home while he was in prayer. Wouldn't that be a great way to go? For the Lord to take you in prayer? Hallelujah. And you know what? They took this man, David Livingston, who gave his life for the mission field, for the Lord Jesus in Africa. They took his heart, literally, out of his chest after he died. And they buried it in Africa. And they took his body and flew it back for celebration. Fires of faith. Would you stand right now? I wonder right now, some of you, some of us right now need to afresh and anew say to Jesus, Jesus, if I've got anything in my heart all against my brother or sister, or if I'm distracted, am I distracted from the main attraction? A am I uh, confrontational because of an altercation? A am I in a time of temptation? Keep my focus. How many need focus today? You need to focus. You need to focus. God's will for your life. God's, I'm preaching some daddies right now. Your children are watching you and me. I'm preaching some mamas right now. Your life, your testimony to your grandchildren. Hallelujah. Some of us are fresh and anew right now as we bow for prayer.